Hey folks, what's up? This is Glenn uh, coming to you uh, once again, just to talk about a little bit of everything. So right now I want to talk about a, a couple of things. I want to talk about uh, conflict. Uh, there's a lot of that. And we see it, especially in social media. Uh, we see it reflected uh, on the news. We, either we're consuming television, cable news, or, you know, on the internet. Uh, conflict is, I believe, sort of the, the mood of the nation. And has been quite some time. In fact, you could probably say it, it's been since the beginning. But particularly, uh, what I'm talking about is uh, people, I feel like, are sort of addicted uh, to conflict, meaning that there has to be an enemy, there has to be an opponent. Now, sometimes there is an enemy, sometimes there is an opponent, but not everyone is an opponent or enemy, and not everything uh, uh, is sort of a great evil that should be conquered, and I think sometimes you know, when we try to sort of treat every issue with the same solution, uh, we have sort of these ongoing battles uh, that uh, never le really lead anywhere. It does lead to more conflict, more anger, uh, more tension. And I think sometimes, like, I don't know how we do it, but if we sort of have some sort of mechanism to sort of take a step back and say, okay, why exactly am I angry? Uh, is my anger suitable right now? Is it productive? Is it going to lead anywhere? Is it going to fix uh, any problem? Is it a solution? Uh, can we, you know, can we have progress from this point? Uh, it seems like a lot of uh, people are, are sort of drawn to the fact that if they're just angry enough and, you know, then, then they've made their point, right? So, and we see it in so many different dimensions. Uh, we see it online and how people engage in politics. Uh, we see how people turn things into politics that shouldn't be politics, like, you know, wearing a face mask then the pandemic has become a political issue. And you see video after video of people yelling and screaming at uh, workers in, in retail stores or, or restaurants uh, about wanting to wear, not wanting to wear masks, not wanting to comply. And so we've kind of created this, this environment where it's like uh, everyone is like, feels like, you know, someone is trying to, get at me. Someone's trying to make me do something I don't want to do and I'm going to get at them first. And I think the problem is there are real problems in this society, in this world and there are things to be truly be angry about. But I think if we try to put everything uh, through that lens I think we have uh, some real issues and can we, can we hold it all together? Can society function normally uh, if everyone uh, is just sort of in this state of of anger and sort of outrage, uh, perpetual outrage all the time. And I think there's something, you know, I don't know exactly how you deal with it. I don't know who steps up uh, to be leaders. Uh, can it be a politician? Can it be someone who's a politician? Can it be an elected official? I don't quite know. I think politics, the political environment right now is so fragile and venomous that I think uh, 
no matter what anyone says, someone's going to say, look, that that person is a bad person. That person is, is the enemy. Don't listen to that person, no matter what. Even if they say something that makes complete sense. If they say, uh, you know, the, the sun is shining today and the sun is shining, someone will be like, no, we don't like the sun anymore. Simply because the person they don't like, you know, says something nice about the sun. So, uh, I don't know. I think we have to find a way. I don't know if it is going to be any spiritual leaders I think our, so so many of our institutions over the decades have sort of failed uh, from political institutions religious institutions uh, educational institutions all of these things we sort of look to as sort of building blocks and something that's sort of a, as sort of a adhesive to society have all sort of deteriorated over the years so what we're kind of left is by a lot of people to their own devices and sometimes just social media. That's why people, you know, there's a lot of talk about conspiracy theories and different things. The reason, one of the reasons why people, I think, cling to these conspiracy theories or misinformation that they come across on the internet is because someone is sort of providing a role for them. Uh, it's sort of empowering for some, for, to feel like you've gained some sort of knowledge. And we don't really have a good counter uh, sort of for that, right? Uh, we haven't really built the tools in our culture, uh, especially because we probably don't know how to in this day, day and age because things move so rapidly. And, you know, the 24 news cycle is almost like a 24-second news cycle. We, we, we jump from thing to thing to thing, and it's very difficult uh, to get a hold of these things. Uh, but I think one of the, one of the reasons well, why people might be angry, I think a lot of times personal things are sort of... Uh, exported uh, to things happening in broader terms, right? You, you, people have things going on internally and it's like the external is the best form to deal with it. And so I think there's a lot of people who are in pain. There's a lot of people who are suffering. And sometimes it's because of money, right? They're not making enough money. They have too many bills. Or sometimes it's, you know, other things. Maybe you're somewhere like Flint, Michigan, where you dealt with poisonous water for many years, or maybe you live in a coastal region that is always inundated with storms, and so you have this sort of survival mechanism that you're sort of permanently locked in. Or number other reasons. So maybe you, you make a good living, maybe you're middle class and you have a good home, uh, but you know, you're trying to raise kids, and raising kids are difficult. And especially in this day and age, and you're trying to understand what the heck is TikTok. So you're trying to do all these things. So there's a lot of frustration right now. And people just don't really know how to deal with that frustration. And people haven't really been offered a solution. And like I said before, uh, things before that may have sort of played a role, uh, people just don't have faith anymore. People don't have a lot of faith in government institutions. People don't have faith in religious institutions. And so they're just sort of grasping for something. They're grasping for sort of a, a lifeboat or something just to sort of pull them ashore uh, to some sort of state of mind where they can be sort of feel alleviated uh, from these issues and, and feel like there's uh, some sort of hope. And sometimes, you know, false hope uh, feels just as good as real hope, right? Because even if it's not authentic, but the fact that for a moment or two or more, uh, you feel like you're heading in the right direction or you feel like you have purpose, uh, that feels better than not having any purpose 
or not feeling like you're going in the right direction uh, at all anyway. So uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of work to do. And um, so sort of selfishly say, yeah, I think, uh, I think artists, I think writers, musicians, uh, poets, even uh, entertainers, whoever you are, I think uh, roles might even be more vital now. Because I think art, when at its best, uh, translates emotions that uh, we can't necessarily comprehend or speak uh, fluently about. But I think we can be touched by uh, painting or music or a play or a movie or even just the story of a, of a good baseball game or basketball game. And I think so people really... Uh, sort of uh, looking and needing uh, sort of these tools and sort of these avenues to express uh, these emotions. Now, one of the reasons why people are suffering uh, is because desire, right? And, uh, you know, in, in Buddhism, it's it taught that the cause of most suffering is desire, right? Uh, because you want something and you either don't get it right away or it takes a long time to get or it seems like you may never get it and that causes you angst that causes you you know maybe you want to move to a new city and you really just want to leave your where you're at now and you just hate it and so you feel all this this frustration because you want to leave or maybe your job you don't like your job you don't like your boss and you and you want to go to someone else and you can't find a new job or maybe you lost your job and you really need any job you don't care and you need to work or maybe it's a relationship. Maybe uh, you want to fall in love and meet the love of your life. Or maybe you're in a relationship that's bad, but you don't know how to leave. And so you're frustrated about that. So we all have these frustrations uh, caused by these desires. So how do you uh, deal with that? Uh, a lot of people talk about detachment, uh, trying to sort of have, uh, remove yourself from these things as things that are, are happening to you, but are don't define you. Uh, but I think another way that people deal with these things is people, right? Uh, relationships, friendships, uh, other things uh, like that, activities, acquaintances in that realm often help you deal with those things. And like I said, like think about school. Some people hate the school, right? Uh, they, they don't like schoolwork or maybe they were bullied or maybe but one of the things that made school bearable was maybe they had one or two good friends or maybe they had a whole bunch of friends and that made school bearable or maybe you know you've had a job that you just didn't like you didn't like the work or maybe you dealt with bad customers or clients but you had co-workers that you got along with and really liked and they made the day enjoyable so in many ways, the people, you know, the problem is also the solution. So people may be causing you dissatisfaction or contributing to your suffering, but people may also be the key to alleviate uh, that pain uh, and suffering. And by saying that the key, not meaning that they're going to answer your, uh, be the answer to all your problems, but I think friendships and relationships that you have uh, with uh, either relatives or neighbors or just people whatever community you sort of are a part of either you know maybe uh, you go bird watching and you're part of a bird watching community or maybe you you know 
like classic cars and, and you interact with people in that community. So often, I think having people that you can share joy with is one of the important ways to sort of alleviate suffering and frustration and also cultivates hope, right? Because whenever you're having a good time, uh, I think in your back of your mind, you're saying, uh, this can, I can have more of this, right? Like when you're having fun, like let's say you, you go to the beach and you have a good time, right? It's part of you is like, I can go, I can come back to the beach and do this again. Or if you go to a good restaurant and have a good meal and you, it's the best meal you ever had and you're kind of like, I'm going to come back to this restaurant and then have either the same thing I had on the menu or something else because I had so much fun and it was delicious. So I think, you know, when you have these moments with people, uh, they can point to uh, point a direction and, and, and point the way. And also perhaps the, the way you're feeling can also help you sort of find the direction you want to go. Like maybe, okay, maybe you can't make that move to that new city or town you want to go to, but maybe there's something you can do in the city and town you're right now to make things more pleasurable for you. Uh, maybe, you know, your dream job, you can't quite get there yet, uh, but maybe there's something in that field you can do as either a hobby or just something just for fun on the weekend or maybe something as acquiring a new skill towards it that would make you feel better and more confident about yourself. Uh, maybe there's a friendship uh, that, you know, you haven't, you haven't talked to a person in a while, right? So maybe, you know... Just checking on them, say, hey, how you doing? How's everything going, right? So I think it's kind of a key uh, to just sort of look in that direction. Now, I want to talk about dreams also. This is, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit of everything. about desire and dreams and suffering. So dreams uh, are really important. And often, I think, when the world seems like it's falling apart, uh, sometimes dreams don't seem as important because you're like, I got to deal with what's happening now, which is true. But I think dreams are more important than ever uh, because dreams can be sort of a guide. You know, so how do you have big dreams, but, you know, and not get weighed down by frustration because the dreams are not happening right now? Uh, good question. Uh, I would say... Having some gratitude uh, about your dream, right? About about having some gratitude about right now, or uh, that you can have a dream, and then sort of this, you know, cultivating your imagination and making that dream big and fantastic and elaborate as possible. Have fun with it. Uh, go wild with your imagination with it. Uh, just you know sort of uh, just, I don't know, be free with your mind in that case. And I think instead of being frustrated, I think that dream will maybe inspire you. And maybe, you know, having something every day you can do to either work towards that dream or acknowledge that dream in some way. So these are uh, some of the thoughts I wanted to share. Uh, hopefully something I said was insightful. If not, uh, then I'm sorry I wasted your time. So but I want to thank you uh, for watching and listening. <music>